Welcome to the Word of Faith Sermon Podcast with Pastor Hagen Lister. Join in with us today, ready to grow in your knowledge of the Bible with practical application for your everyday life. If you're interested in following or learning more, join us on our Facebook page at WOFTX or check out our website at WOFTX.com for location and service times. Now here's Pastor Hagen with today's message. share with you this little message that I've had rolling on in my head the last couple of weeks. I just, um, I want to share with y'all a little bit of my heart. So for me coming over here, um, I mean, y'all probably know my, my grandfather, Benny Anglin. He pretty much helped kind of build a foundation of what started here. And for me coming over here now, starting to work here at Word of Faith, um, really didn't plan on this. I had kind of my own plan. Once I finished up with Bible school in Oklahoma, I was going to go into a real estate side, um, get some rental properties. I was going to have a nice college ministry outreach there, give them a good godly atmosphere to stay in, live, help them, you know, get rooted as they're getting into college. Because, I mean, 18 to 25 is a very key age group because the foundations that you set at that age are pretty much it's going to set you up for life. What you set down at that age is just the most important, I think, because you can't teach an old dog new tricks, right? And that, that, that saying is kind of true, I think. And so for me, um, coming over here, it's honestly very easy for me to step into a pre-made image, you could say, um, when I lived up in Virginia, I was, I was you know, Brother Benny's grandson. I, you know, I was a preacher, preacher's grandkid. I wasn't a PK, not, a, not a, a preacher's kid, but I was a PGK. I say a preacher's grandkid. And, and I mean, that was a self-made image that was put over myself. And when we moved down to Texas, uh, not really Garrison, I kind of did my own thing there. But when we moved to Hemp Hill, um, you know, I was kind of known as the subway guy. I had people call me subway. But over there, I, you know, stepped back into church over there. Just Lord really led me back that way. And I really kind of found out what this thing of Christianity really is, or I'd like to say the way, because that's kind of what Christians were called at first. In the book of Acts, they were those of the way. Are there any Mandalorian fans? This is the way. <laughs> and so as I went through Hempill those two years, I really got to make a name for myself. I got to show who I was. It's not a self-made image that I stepped into, but I got to really <clears throat> find out who I was, and I got to grow in that. And for me coming over here now, I mean, I've gone through six years of college, uh, pretty much, yeah, six years of Bible school as well on the side, five, five years of Bible school. No, it was six. It was six because I had three years in Shreveport and three up in Oklahoma. I had a foundation that I built for myself, like for me and my life. Not, I'm not talking about anybody else. Right at the moment, forget everybody else around me. Put yourself in this. Forget about everybody else around you. The foundation that I have established for my life, the foundation that you have established for your life, because the foundation that we set is what gets us going for life. That, you know, 18 to 25, that foundation that they set, that's what sets them for life. What is the foundation that we've set? And so as we're going through tonight, just kind of just meditate on that, think on that a little bit. And so... What I want to do is I'm over here because I'm, I'm probably going to be stepping into, I mean, I've already been over here in, the, in this position a couple Wednesdays already. And as I continue to, to stay in this, not, not every week, but more frequent, um, y'all need to know who I am. 
And so what I have for you tonight is just my foundations, um, what I find to be very key and essential for a Christian life, for a a true God-fearing, God-loving, people-loving life. Because, I mean, you can look into the world and see a lot of false images of what Christianity is, of what a Christian is, of who God is, and all this stuff, and it's just... I don't want to look to the world to find that image. I don't want to look to the world to find out who God is because the world doesn't know who God is. When, when oh, we'll get there in just a second, but when you read in the book of Romans, they're completely away from God. They don't know who he is. They don't know his nature, what he's like. So, yeah. So starting off, you know, over here, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. This is something that I've grown up hearing, and I'm pretty sure everybody in here has heard this saying, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And, and what this is saying is if you don't have a foundation set on your life, you're just going to stumble and fall for everything that comes your way. I don't know if uh, anyone here has heard any like crazy conspiracies, but uh, during the whole like quarantine COVID time, uh, when this all started, uh, Matt, if, if y'all want to go ahead and turn to Matthew seven, I'll kind of go ahead and let y'all turn that way while I'm while I'm walking that while I'm walking there. It was really easy to hear this crazy idea of let's say for example, birds aren't real. I don't know if anyone has heard this crazy conspiracy. Birds aren't real. They're just government drones spying on you. And, and, you know, to a point, I see where they get this because specifically for pigeons, I think it might be pigeons. I hear you're probably laughing at me over there, aren't you? I'm just... And so, you ever seen a baby pigeon before? I haven't. <laughs> Why is it they're always on electric power lines? It's like, the, it's like the recharging or something just going. And so you, ha, you hear all these crazy ideas and, and then you start thinking, it's like, oh man, you know, maybe there's something to this. And then you have this complete crazy, ludicrous idea, which I mean, this could be true. I have no idea. <laughs> but the thing is, if I don't have like any foundation of knowledge, of science, of like how this world operates and works, man, I'm going to fall for anything. I'm, you know, I I feel like I'm not going to step on anyone's toes here, but I'm going to go as far as to say this whole transgender thing. If you believe that you want to wake up and be a woman when you when you were born a man, okay, an X and a Y chromosome, scientifically, you're a man. But because I don't I don't have this solid foundation, I just you know I don't know, man. I just kind of feeling, I don't know, a little emotional today. I just, you know, I just, I'm really upset at this person for no reason. I have no idea. (laughs) But the thing is, with this whole movement that has happened, it's really an identity crisis is what it is. I'm not going to go too far on that, but what I'm saying here is it's happening today. People do not have a foundation established in their life and when all these crazy ideas are coming, what it is, they're, they're lies and they're deception and they're getting people just really on a path that they don't need to be on. And so as we are stepping into these latter days, because the end times, it's been the last days since Jesus ascended to heaven. I'm not going to say it's the last days because it's been the last days. But as we get into the latter days, it's just going to get crazier and crazier. And so for us as the Christian body, 
we need to make sure that we're having our foundations correctly set and established. Because as what's happening in our country here specifically, a lot of people are kind of walking away from this. They're, 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 they're realizing that I have been in a dead religion of churchianity, because that's kind of what this is. In my opinion here, it's a churchianity. It's just, it's established to the four walls. We come here, we sing a couple songs, you know, yeah, praise the Lord Almighty. And then, you know, we go in, we hear a good 30, 30, 40 minute message. And then we step out, we go back into our, our day-to-day lives, we put on another face, and then we just kind of go. We, we let the world um, influence us, and we fall into those influences, and we just kind of do the same thing over and over and over again. We feel good one day because, oh, there's my check mark. I went to church. Oh, I feel good. I feel better now because I, I went and I got, I got my little check mark. I feel better with myself. So as I keep going, and it's just... Then you realize that then this is just, this is a dead religion is what this is. This is exactly what's happened here. And so the thing is that this, this is not really a dead religion. This, this is not. This is the unchanging word of God. This is the eternal God that we're serving here who created everything around us. A lot of people that say, you know, the Big Bang Theory or evolution and all this stuff. An inter- interesting thing on a side note, Charles Darwin was actually kicked out of the church um, because he was not really doing things he should have, and he said he was going to go set out to disprove God. So what's up with that? Did they teach, did they teach that in evolution? He was kicked out for, 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 for you know, doing bad things, set out to disprove God, and he showed adaptation, but he didn't disprove God's creation. Because when you look at the, the whale fin, the bone structure of a whale fin, and then you look at the bone structure of a bat, they kind of look similar, so they must have came from the same animal. And I know I'm kind of getting a little, a little farther in some of this. This isn't a normal, normal, you know, I guess you could say Wednesday sermon. But the thing is, we're not in a normal world right now. And so we have to kind of make sure that we're aware of the things going on. Because... Things are about to get a lot more real. And so, like I said, I'm not going to go more in depth on those before examples I said because that's just another, that's a can of worms I'm not going to get into. But the point I'm trying to make is the importance of a foundation. So over in Matthew 7, 24 through 29, this is Jesus with his Sermon on the Mount. That was all just kind of a side note, so I really hope that that, that, that spoke to somebody. I hope that meant something because, yes, I'm, I'm getting back to my notes here. Anyone who listens to my teaching, this is the, the New Living Translation I'm, over, I'm in over here, though verse 24, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught, I love this part, with real authority, quite unlike their teachers of religious law. So, over here, 
He's showing the importance of a foundation that we build. And, and as you notice, I'm saying foundation a lot. Is it starting to sound weird to anybody yet? Foundation. I'm saying it a lot so it can kind of stick in our heads. I'm doing that on purpose. And I point that out just because I want it to. So over here at my time in Rama, at the beginning of my first year, uh, Doug Jones is one of a uh, very, very good teacher. I'm not going to say favorite because he had a really interesting topic of having a favorite teacher. I'm not going to get into that, but it's super funny. But um, he had a spiritual growth class that he taught. Having a, you know, biblical foundation that uh, the word of God affects, affects what we think, what we say, what we do, Bible form beliefs, all this type of stuff. But over here, he was showing in one set of the class um, a, a found, hold up, foundation priority that there are some foundations that we establish in our life that are more important than others because what we build on that first foundation, everything we build on that is going to be, you know, it's going to be dependent on, on that first foundation we build. I hope, I hope that wording sounds good. I'm trying to find another way to word it. Just pretty much that first foundation is what you build everything else on. So what is that most important foundation? So when we went through... We went, through, um, we went through one scripture. We'll get there in just a second. If our most important foundation is not placed properly, all else we build is going to eventually fall or degrade and crumble. He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So let's make sure we are built in the eternal and unchanging foundation. Because with the things of this world, if we build a foundation on a piece of earth that is eventually going to move and change, it is going to break that foundation. What we just had happen in the youth building is we had some flooring placed down and the foundation had kind of moved a little bit and cracked, had cracked that and it caused a bubble to, to pop under that flooring. So they had to go through and, and take that out and fix it. But that right there is, I think, an actually a really good representation of what can happen if we set our foundation on things of this world. When it starts to change, when it starts to move, it just kind of breaks and crumbles down. And then everything we built on there, it just kind of falls. It, it just, it's, it's done. It's like a house of cards. But when we build our foundation on what the truth is, on the eternal, unchanging God, it'll never move. It's not going to change. It's not going to crack. So what we build on there, when it's established on truth, on, on his truth, on who he is, it's going to stay. It is going to go against all these storms that are happening in this world. It's going to be beat against by cancel culture. It's going to be beat against by all of these, ah, oh, I'm offended by what you had to say. But the thing is, when we really stand on his unfailing love, when we stand in his grace, all of that's going to break their, it's going to break their foundation. Because what happens is when they see that unmovable mountain that is the love of God, it's going to kind of move their foundation a little bit. What's going to happen is what they thought they were building that came from the world when they see the truth of God, when they see that peace, that love that's shining through us because we don't hide our lamp under the bed, do we? We put it on the lampstand for all to see. 
So when we do that, it's just they're going to see that light. They're going to see that revelation, that understanding. They're going to see that love of God. And so when we learn how to walk in this, there really is a power behind it. And another thing that we learned from Doug Jones is kind of the two different types of people. You've got shop guys and you have honor roll students. Now, a shop guy, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to get my hands dirty. I just, I've got to work to do it to fix it. I'm not going to take the best notes. Honestly, I'm probably not going to sit down and read and do the best that way. I just need to get my hands dirty. I need to step in and I need to get to it. I need to work to get this. And I kind of understand a little bit that way because I just really like, I really like building. I like putting my hands to something and figuring out how to do it that way. I can't just read a book and figure out how to do it like that. But honor roll students, and he went and grabbed uh, Abby, her notes, and, and these were like perfectly made notes. She had this awesome title on her notebook. She had certain things highlighted. She had it all color-coded depending on what it was relating to. And he, and, and he said, now this is a perfect example of an honor roll student. They take the nicest notes. They can sit down for hours and probably read through this stuff, and they're not bored. They're not falling asleep. After 30 minutes, I'm kind of falling asleep from reading. That's just how it is. But the thing is, when we figure out how we are, am I a shop guy or am I an honor roll student? When I figure out how it is that I am, I can then start to figure out, okay, how, how do I make myself grow? How, how can I set this foundation for who I am? Because we have to figure out who we are first. Well, not first, but we have to figure out who we are so we can figure out how to build our, and grow ourselves properly. So before we lay this you know, foundation, so I have this message titled Foundations of the Righteous. I don't know if I said that yet, but my question here first is before we lay this foundation, who is the righteous? So go with me over to 2 Corinthians 5, 17, please. I'm, I'm getting on track. I had a little skip there. I had to get some thoughts in order, but I'm, I'm here and I'm ready to go. This right here is one of my favorite scriptures because of just what it, what it carries inside. And over in 2 Corinthians 5.17, I'm just going to read the rest of this chapter because it's all just so good. <laughs> this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. So in, in verse 21 in the New King James, which that's, that's the version that I have memorized, for God took him who knew no sin to be made sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of, that we might be made the righteousness of God through Christ. So that word righteousness, to be made in your original intention. I just want to give you that definition because when I found that, this like blew my mind as I stayed on this. I've, I've mentioned this before, but to be made in your original intention. What is that original intention? Well, what happened in Genesis? God made Adam and Eve, 
And they walked in the cool of the day with God. They communed with God. They had fellowship with God. And now we're not, you know, we're not really walking with God in a physical body over here as, as they may have at the time. But it's a point of fellowship. It's a point of communion that we have in our, in our spirit, kind of who we really are. Like we're, we're connected back with the Father. There was a gap of sin in between. And what Christ did is he, he broke down the wall of separation between us and God. And he built a bridge back. So we're no longer separated by that wall of sin. But we now have, we now have fellowship with the Father. It says that the fullness of God lives on the inside of us because we have his Holy Spirit. The spirit of promise, Scripture says. And so, who are the righteous? Those who have accepted Christ. Those who belong to Christ. New creature, new creation, a new person and a new being. May still look the same on the outside, but the thing is, I'm not who I am on the outside. There's three aspects to a person. We are a spirit person. That's who we really are. That is the eternal side of us. We have a soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions. That is the part that needs to be renewed. You know, don't be, uh, don't be conformed to the world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind. My spirit is a new creature, but the thing is, I'm still figuring out how, how my mind, I'm still trying to figure out how to fix my thinking because I got some stinking thinking, so I need to check up from the neck up. And so I live in a body. This is my tent. This is my earthly tent. This is my earth suit. This is kind of my flesh suit. Do some hand boning over here with it. But this on the outside isn't who I am. And when we understand that, because we have to understand who we really are, what we really are, when we know that I'm not just this body just falling into this, 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 this flow of life that's going on, when I understand who I really am and figure out what's really going on, I can really start to live in this world because I know, I know what's going on here. I'm not just going by the day-to-day flow. And so with this, those who belong to Christ are the righteous. That's all that I meant to put there. So the righteous are those who have been made into new creatures. We are made into our original intention, beings who can be in fellowship with the almighty God, whom we now call Abba Father. He's not just almighty God. He is because he is almighty God. But the thing is, there is a closer relationship that we have. He is the Father, Abba Father. So back over to Matthew. If y'all want to go to Matthew 6. And it's over in verse 9 through 13. So this is, this is the part that we, that we went and studied in to kind of show, to see the foundations that we build. Kind of the, the most important on. The, the, the first four that we should have built and established. And it is, you know, it is the... Um, the prayer that Jesus gave. But over here, just verse 9 to 13. So Jesus said to pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Now this here is a model prayer that Jesus gave. Yes, most important. And also, we can see this as the foundations we should place. This is kind of taking a far step because it's kind of stretched my thinking. But as he expounded on this, I'm like, okay, I can, I can see something here. So 
when we see the foundations, what are the first foundations that we set? The most important things that have established in verse 9 to 10. Our Father in heaven, or just verse 9, I'm sorry. Yeah, 9 and 10. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the first most important foundation that we need to have, know who your heavenly Father is. Because if you don't know who God really is, you can just basically go throw it all in the trash. Because he's just a God up there who's just holding that thunderbolt. He's just Zeus waiting for you to mess up to just smite you down. That's not so. Over in verse 11 to 13 and a half, it says, Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. So what is this talking about? who we are in relationship to him. So the first point is know who your heavenly father is. And the second point is know who we are in relationship to him. So on the rest of verse 13, it says, but rescue us from the evil one, which talks about to know who the enemy is. And with this prayer, this is made in a mindset of worship to the father. So know how to worship. So with these first four foundations that we set, is to know who the Father is, to know who we are in relationship to Him. Because if I don't know the Father, I'm not going to know my relationship established on Him. And to know who the enemy is, I mean, He is defeated. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I have come, as Jesus is talking, but I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So He's defeated. He's, he's, been, he's been kicked down. I mean, He has been made a public spectacle for all to see, because Jesus disarmed all the weapons that they had, it says over in Colossians 2, I believe it is. So if we don't know who the Father is, we're not going to know who we are. And if we don't know who we are, we're not really going to know about how, how Satan has been defeated. And then the fourth part is how to worship. Because if we don't know any of that stuff, we're not going to know how to truly worship. Because we don't know what has been given to us. We don't know about God's goodness. All of this stuff, you can, you can see how that connects there. And so... You know, a couple weeks ago, Pastor had taught about, you know, not trusting in the world, not, not letting our foundations be set, um, just kind of in the natural, what we see, feel, hear, etc. but talking about to trust and look to the eternal, unchanging God. And so with that, as we look to our lives and we see the foundations we've built, we let the Holy Spirit show us if it's truly built on His Word. And so with this first point, I'm not going to go through all four of these points because just for sake of time here, but the first one is who the Father is. And so there's three things that we can look at to see and understand who the Father is. The first point is just, you know, who He is. The second point is what He has said. And the third point is what He will do. And when we look at these things, these three points, we'll begin to understand the character of who God is, the character of how He is. And so... It is possible to be born again and to not know the Father. And it's just, you know, you get saved and then you fall into that, you know, weekly, weekly motion, just weekly normal of just going to church. Then I step back out and just kind of do my own thing, go back to church. It's easy to fall into that. You get saved and then you just get plugged in and just go into the motions. And it's easy to do that because with, you know, some churches, they're caught in traditions, putting God in a box 
They never learn who he is, which causes them to not know who they are in Christ. Then when the defeated enemy comes to stir up trouble, people may fall into offense, into unforgiveness, and a church can split, and God is unable to work as he wanted to through his broken, ununified body. I've seen this happen a lot. I mean, up in Virginia, there was um, one church that, that had happened to. I know over in Shreveport, over in Carthage, I've seen that happen where just unforgiveness settles in and people just kind of hold on to it. And I'm not getting into that whole, whole can of worms, but unforgiveness is a dangerous thing because I have seen it ruin very used-to-be-strong relationships. And it's a sad thing to see it is. But... Praise God, we are not. Over here in these seven months that I've been over here, it is, I've seen a very strong heart, heart of the people over here. I really just didn't know what fully to expect coming over here because I just, I, I came here a few times during high school, but really getting to know a lot of you guys, the heart of the people here is very beautiful. And you're making me a little nervous this Wednesday evening. I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, I'm just bringing a laugh over here because I feel like I've stayed in a little bit more of a serious note over here. Because I just, I find this a very serious point here, and it's, 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 it's good to be serious, but kind of bring in a little bit of, you know, break the ice a little bit. You don't need to always be too serious. And so, over in John, if y'all want to turn to John 8. So, it's just verse 19. But this is Jesus over here. He's talking with the Pharisees, and he asks them, where is your father? Or no, they asked him, where is your father, they asked. And Jesus answered, since you don't know who I am, you don't know who my father is. If you knew me, you would also know my father. So I'm going to stay in some scripture here. I'm not going to give my, my opinions. I'm just going to go right from the word. So Jesus tells them, since you don't know who I am, you don't know who my father is. If you knew me, you would also know my father. So jumping over into John 1, just go back a couple pages with me here. The Gospel of John specific, very interesting way that it was written. It was Matthew, Mark, and Luke had a focus of the natural side of Jesus, the natural man side of Jesus. They all go through the birth of Jesus, you know, through, through Mary. But John... It shows the divinity of Jesus. It shows his true beginning, which, you know, he, he's just always been because in the beginning was the word. The word already existed. The word was with God. The word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. And that word in the Greek, light, actually means revelation. Cool fun fact. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Mm. So over in verse 14, let's jump down. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. So Jesus says, you don't know who my father is. If you knew me, you would also know my father. So Jesus over here he was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Skip past verse 15 and over in 16 to 18. From his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the unique one who is himself God. 
is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. So this point of unfailing love and faithfulness. Okay. The mo okay, that's John 3, 16 and 17. We don't even have to turn here, because I'm sure we all know this. Say it a little louder for us, Miss Francis. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. This is like the first scripture any of us learns. But verse 17, God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. And a lot of times we don't go to verse 17, we just stick it with 16. But I think 17 is just as important as 16 here. God did not send Jesus to the world to condemn it, but that through him the world might be saved. A lot of times I've seen in the church, not, not through here, but just I've heard, I've heard many stories of where people had you know, messed up in one thing, and when they come to their church family for, for help, they get cut off, they get, um, they get judged, and they just get excommunicated, basically. They're just cut off from it. Church is not full of perfect people. We come here for help. If someone's messing up, we're, we're here to help them through this hard time because that's what we're supposed to do. Love does not look at any wrong done against it. So if they may have done something wrong against us, we're not going to hold that to them. But we're going to stand in God's love and, man, we're going to get through this. And so we don't come to condemn the world, but we come to show them the salvation that is through Jesus Christ. It's not through us. It's not through anything we can do because outside of God, I am sorry, we are useless. We cannot do a, a good thing for ourselves, but because of his unfailing love and faithfulness, the words that we say have power behind them. They have significance, and it falls into something far greater than we could ever do for ourselves. So even though right now I feel like I messed up a little bit in some of the stuff that I was saying, I felt like I may have gotten a little sidetracked, I'm not going to focus on that, on that part that I'm judging myself on, holding myself to a higher standard. But what I'm going to do is trust that the words that I do say, that it's going to speak to y'all's hearts that it can encourage the people here because this position that I've been placed in over here, I trust the grace of God that's over my life. I trust the words that I say because they're not just my words, but they're his words as well. And I trust as we continue, we together collectively step out into this world as we keep going in our day-to-day -day lives. We're not just falling into emotion, but we're trusting in this truth. We're trusting in an unfailing God an unfailing love and faithfulness kind of God, the one who truly made everything that's around us. We may have had people build the walls of this place, the roof, the carpets, the chairs, these stairs, all the musical instruments, this projector, lights, all this stuff around us, but it says that everything in the seen world was made by the unseen in the spiritual realm. The stuff that we can't see is far more real than the things that we do see. And when we begin to understand that truly, that the things that we don't see are more important than the things we do see, I think that's really where a lot of power starts to come in. Because when we trust on what we, when we, trust on what we don't see, when we call things that are not as though they were, man, we're really going to start stepping into that grace. We're really going to step into that anointing because when we step out in faith, because that's how this whole thing comes to be. It's not, it's not by just, let's, oh man, I don't know. It's by faith. It's by trusting. It's by trusting God because that's what faith is. I don't really know about moving down back to Texas. 
but God, I feel like you're telling me to come here, so I'm gonna trust you in that. And seeing back and looking about what could have happened, I see the best way to come here. He's given me confirmation just by things I can't, I can't explain except saying that was God saying, it was good you came here. And so because of that, Jesus here is the visible image of the invisible God. That, that's what it says over here as well. This is what the Father has said. I send my son to save this world and not to condemn it. That's what the Father has said because that's what Jesus says. And he says, if you see me, you've seen the Father. I say nothing of myself but what the Father has told me to say. So I send my son to save the world and not to condemn it. Now, what will he do? So that's, that's, that's who he is, unfailing love and faithfulness. What he has said, I send my son to the save the world, not, conti- not to condemn it. So now, what will he do? So over in Acts, verse 1. So do y'all know why 6 was a, afraid of 7? But do you know why 7, 8, 9? Because you're supposed to have three squared meals a day. Three squared is nine. (laughs) Gotcha there. Oh, man. So over in Acts 1, verses 17 to 21 here. I'm sorry. Two. Yes, I'm sorry, Acts 2, verses 17 to 21. It says that in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood, fire, and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. An end is coming to this world. And it unsettles me still a little bit to think about it because before when I was growing up, I always knew that God was there. I was just kind of numb to the aspect of him because growing up in church, but it's just, I kind of saw, you know, I saw the bad parts of it and it's just, I was very numb to the thought, but I knew God was there and I knew that a rapture was coming. You know, everyone just kind of floated off up into heaven and all this, you know, apocalypse, all this stuff. It scared me. Like I'd shake in my boots. I would be laying in bed at nighttime and I'd just honestly be worrying. I'm just like, oh man, All of this is going to end, and it's scary to think about. But the thing is, at the end of that unsettledness, I still have peace because I know my Father. I know my position to the Father, and at the end of my unsettledness is peace and trust. So I'm learning to stand where he has placed me, and I will continue to learn. I will continue to grow, and I will continue to trust because we, we never stop learning. We never stop growing. It, that's, a, that's a continual process. And as these days get crazier and crazier, we will begin to stand closer and closer to the Father. Because an interesting thought that I had with the Pharisees, with all, all the Jewish people, when Jesus came, they were expecting a king to come because, you know, he's supposed to come, build his kingdom, and it's going to last forever. But 
they thought, they expected, I believe, like a natural king to come like on a natural horse, come through and like actually take the enemy out and build a natural kingdom like in this world. But Jesus came not as they expected. So with taking that point, I think that's kind of how the end days are going to happen. With all this stuff going on with, I mean, COVID, cancel culture, all this, just all this stuff, all, all this, all this craziness going on. I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that the end is here. It's going to happen in a couple of years. I have no idea. I know things are happening. I know prophecies are getting fulfilled. Um, I know sacrifices are about to come back. That was interesting one that Connor and I had a conversation on. It's just, I, I, I don't think the end is going to quite happen as we, as we expect it to. And it could be closer than we think because it's coming as we don't expect it to. And so I'm not saying this to unsettle anyone too much, but what I am saying is that an end is coming that we have to be aware of. And when we truly step out of ourselves into this calling that God has placed on us, I know we are here. I know that y'all are because I've been hearing about it. I've been seeing you guys. Sometimes I might just kind of be standing behind you, just kind of watching you. I don't do this weirdly, I promise, but I'm a, I'm a people watcher. Y'all, please do the same thing to me. Watch my character. Watch what I do and what I say because I, 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 you know, do as you expect others to do to yourself. It's the golden rule. And it's just, it's one thing I've always done. I just kind of like to watch how people are. And over here... I know that God is doing something good here. I mean, these last few Sundays, how good has worship been? I mean, uh, just, just over there, while I'm up there at the computer just going through, it's just, I can't tell you how good those, these, these moments of worship have been these last couple weeks, couple months. Just something, something's going on there. You can't make this stuff up. But over here, while we're in Word of Faith, I know that we're standing on His Word. I know we're standing in His will. And as these days progress, as we continue going, I know that our foundation on who the Father is is built right because the pastor that we have here, being able to sit under Pastor Hagen these last seven months, it's just, that guy's, he, he's got some knowledge. He's a cool guy. He, he's, he's, he's a hoot and a holler, I'll tell you that one. But man, he is a smart and he is a humble man. He, he knows a lot of stuff. And God brought him here for a reason. And as we, as we go through these days, as we get to this Easter program, as we get to our mission trip this summer, as we get to our Christmas event at the end of the year, as we find these other outreaches, God is going to work mighty things over here. But the most important thing for me is who the Father is. Because if we don't know of His goodness, if we don't really understand His unfailing love, and I put such an importance on that unfailing love part and his faithfulness. Because like I talked on last time, trust the process. For God is faithful. For the work that he began in you, he is faithful to complete it. And as we go to VBS, because I know you're excited to, she's going to break me in when it comes to VBS. Like when we were talking on it the other day, I've never really dealt in, in kids ministry, uh, in children's ministry and all. I've never really done VBS before. I've just, I've always been kind of elsewhere. When she heard that, she was jumping around. She's like, I can't wait to break you in. It's going to be good. And, 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 you know, I'm excited too, because blessed are the flexible for they will not be broken. <laughs> That's another one I learned up at Raymond. That's, that's, that's a good saying right there. That's, there's some wisdom in that one. <laughs> and so as we go and as we progress through over here, as we trust God, as we trust Pastor Hagen, because he's, he's got a vision. 
And we as the people over here, we, we're to follow it. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes we may not agree with what a pastor says. There, I, haven't, I have not found anything I have disagreed yet. I would like to say that first because I don't want that, that to come across. There's not anything I've disagreed with yet. It's all been good. <laughs> but whenever there's something that happens, don't let unforgiveness settle. Let go and let God. Because as we do that, as we start walking in God's unfailing love and his faithfulness, that's when he starts to work through us because you know what? When we're in un- unfailing love and forgiveness, you know that's not from us, right? You know that is God through us because outside of God, we can't do anything of ourselves, right? So if we're in unfailing love and forgiveness, that's not something from ourselves, but that's, that's God working through us. That's, that's God watering us. That's him growing us. And so when we learn who we are as well, the righteous, it's just these last, last few points over here, and I'll let you go. I actually went a little bit longer than I meant to, but it's still, it's still on time. I just wanted to let you out a little bit early. <laughs> so with righteousness, different, different definitions over here. The ability to stand in the presence of God, of the Father, without a sense of guilt or inferiority as if sin never existed. Second point is right standing with God. Another one is uprightness. We have justified or just and a good position with God. And so our position and understanding of that position determines the quality of our Christian life. There is some, there is some wisdom in that one there. You don't have to be taught righteousness to be righteous, but you need teaching in order to effectively walk in it. I'm going to say that one more time. This is actually Doug Jones right here, so I'm going to give him the credit because this, this did not come from my brain and my revelation. This did not. You don't have to be taught righteousness to be righteous, but you need teaching in order to effectively walk in it. So what makes this so significant to me is that this was God's original intention for me was to walk in righteousness. Because, you know, like I said before over here, a good position with God, a sinner, is a position. A sinner is separated from God. That is a position. Righteousness is a position. Those are two different positions. Those are two different ways of living. A sinner is not righteous, and righteousness is not a sinner. So, to end with this point, if you have accepted Jesus... You are no longer a sinner, but you have been made the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. Now, because we're still growing, I'm not saying we don't sin and mess up. Sometimes we do because we're still learning. We're still walking this out. As I said before, there's no perfect person in the church. But as we keep walking, as we keep learning, we keep growing and we understand I am no longer a sinner, but I am made into the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. And I thank you, Father, that that old lifestyle is no longer a part of who I am. That is no longer who I am because I am a new creature through Christ. I am a new person. I am a new being. I have been made completely new. Lord, I thank you that my, my mind is being renewed. I'm getting my thinking fixed how it needs to be. And I'm just walking in this. I'm learning. I'm, I'm I'm growing, I'm continuing in this, but I no longer hold myself to that old nature because that's not who I am anymore. We got to let that go. We got to, we got to build two. The thing is when you come to Christ, you got to build two holes. First hole is for your dead self. Second hole is for the shovel. 
so you don't dig them back up because we don't, we don't dig that old life back up. The thing is with Lazarus, when he came out of the grave, he's like, oh man, you know, because I was dead, I'm just gonna go back in this hole. I, I, I appreciate what you did, Jesus, but I, just, I need to be dead for a little bit because that's just who I am still. No, it's not. He's not dead anymore. And so as we keep going, we keep building on these foundations, who he is and who we are. The enemy, he's defeated. Don't let him lie to you. Because a roaring lion, he's, he's just trying to sound all big and bad and mighty. And we know how to worship. I, I don't think I need to talk on that because these last, these last few worship times, I, I, again, I'm just, I'm, I look at people and I see their hearts crying out to God. I see the hands raised. I, I see it. We know how to worship the Father here. And when you know how to step boldly into that throne room, oh, man, oh, man, ain't nothing's like it. Ain't nothing's like it. And so when it comes to me, I, I, I personally, I just, I don't, I don't come here to do this for me. If I could, I'm, I'm in behind the scenes all the time. I prefer not being here. But you know what? He's put a gift in me. I don't have a problem talking in front of people. I'll crack jokes. I'll get serious. I'll go through and teach because my mind does tend, I like definitions. But I know that bores people, so I'm going to learn how to make it fun. <laughs> But the thing is, I don't, I don't fall into that. I don't want to be here. I don't fall into that. Because again, blessed are the flexible for they won't be broken. I'm going to come here and I'm going to trust the words that I say because I don't believe they're just mine. I believe they're the Father's. And again, as we go and we step out of here, we live a, we live a life. We don't act like we're better than one another. We do this together and we have fun while we do it. And as we step out... Let's, let's see what he's got for us. Who, who here is ready to see what God has for us? Because it's, it's good. It, it is. I know it is. I want to thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And if you would like to help us increase our outreach, please like, share, and subscribe to our channel so that we can bring the word of God to friends and family near you. Don't forget you can check out our location, other podcasts and service times on our website at woftx.com. If you're in the East Texas area, we'd love for you to stop by and join in for one of our services. We're glad you chose our podcast. Be blessed. We'll see you next time.